Hey, thanks. You're welcome. Thank you. I remember teaching my kids when they were very young some manners. And my daughter, or one of my daughters in particular, found it very difficult to say the word sorry. And if she did something that she didn't do, we would ask her, say sorry. And her typical reply was, I can't say those words. I can't say that. And you'd say, you'd have to say sorry. And she'd go, saw, saw, saw. And I kid you not, I kid you not, it was about five minutes to draw out the word sorry. It was like pulling teeth. It was something so challenging and difficult. I'm pleased thank you came a little bit easier. And that was always good because you had a bribe. You want a piece of chocolate? You've got to say the word. Thank, thank, thank. And finally, she would let out thank you, and we would do the exchange. A thank you for a piece of chocolate. I'm pleased to say she's good at saying sorry today, and I'm pleased to say she's good at saying thank you today. And uh, this morning, I want to talk about, hey, thanks, giving thanks. It's such a powerful thing. It's such an amazing thing, and it's a bit of a life message for me. I really value the, the value of thanksgiving. I spoke at ATC uh, midweek about this, and I just want to extend it a little bit further with you, and I trust you'll find it very helpful and very practical. At the end of our time uh, this morning, it won't be a long message, but what I'd like you to do, if, if you have your device with you, your phone or some other device, is to take the opportunity to express some gratitude to somebody. It could be a work colleague, it could be your husband, your wife, it could be your children, it could be a friend, it could even be Pastor Sheridan. We could just thank him. I'm sure he would be just stunned because he knows nothing about this today. So um, also I just want to give you some real keys uh, this morning about Thanksgiving that I hope you can trust and apply and one of the first ones, particularly if you're a young person, this is my story. When I was about 17 or 18, I was at youth group, probably a little bit younger than that actually, and somebody paid me a compliment. They said something really nice to me. Um, I don't know what it was, but it was really, really nice. And I didn't know how to respond. I was sort of like this goofy teenager and went, oh, yeah, nah, yeah, nah, not really. And uh, a wise youth leader, she came over to me, her name was Marilyn, and she said, when somebody says something nice to you and you don't know how to answer, all you need to say is, hey, thanks, I appreciate that. And I thought, wow, my mum trained, or my parents trained me well in manners, but somehow I missed out on that lesson. So if you're a young person here today and somebody pays a compliment upon you and you don't know how to respond to it, simply say, hey, thanks, I appreciate that. It's a simple thing but it makes a world of difference. Because I don't know about you, thanks connects me with somebody else. When somebody makes me a cup of coffee in the morning and I go, hey, thanks, I'm reciprocating their gesture of kindness to me. My saying thanks is expressing kindness back to them. And thanks connects us with one another and it connects us with God. So there's a wonderful story about Corrie Teen Boone in the Second World War and her sister Betsy as uh, helping uh, the Jews in, in Nazi Germany and Holland and other areas in Europe. And one of the things that happens, they get caught and they go to the barracks and at the back of the barracks is a whole lot of fleas. And of course the guards come around and check on the prisoners every day. And 
Corey Team Boone and her sister Betsy, along with some of the other people there, are wanting to have a prayer meeting. And they're not permitted to have it. But there's all these fleas that are there. And these fleas mean the guards don't come and visit. And so they can be in this area with the fleas praising God. And Betsy says, praise God, thank God for the fleas. And Corey Team Bean says, you're crazy. And she quotes the scripture, 1 Thessalonians 5.18. If you've got it in your Bible, 1 Thessalonians 5.18. It's one of my favorite scriptures. And it goes like this. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Isn't that an amazing statement? Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. When I was in my young teens, one of the big questions for me and many in my youth group at the time was, what is the will of God for my life? Do I wear these clothes? Do I buy these shoes? Do I go through that door? Those were the sort of questions that we were chucking around in our heads. I don't think God's really worried about what door you go through or what clothes you wear, as long as you've got some, of course. And, but this thing, give thanks in all circumstances, for it's the will of God. That is profound. And I want to say to you this morning, how is your thanksgiving to God going? Because that's the will of God for you, to give thanks in all circumstances. And so we're going to have a little bit of a look through this, through the scriptures, and I think you'll find it quite interesting. So if you've got your Bibles, let's open to Daniel chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6. Daniel was finding life pretty difficult. The king had made a decree that he was the only one to be worshipped. And if anybody didn't worship him, they would be punished. And so... Daniel is not going to bow down to the earthly king. There's only one king he's going to serve, which is Jesus, the king of kings. And this is what happens in Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, after this decree has been made against him. This is what Daniel does in verse 10. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, this is the law that you could only worship Nebuchadnezzar, he went home and knelt as usual in his upper room. With his window open towards Jerusalem, he prayed three times a day, just as he'd always done, giving thanks to his God. So in in spite of obstacles, in spite of difficulties, Daniel was going to do what he's always done, giving thanks to God. It's a great response, a great challenge. When we find difficulty and obstacles, are we going to go and complain or are we going to go and give thanks? We live in a pretty entitled society, don't we? If somebody doesn't get what they want, if somebody doesn't get what they feel, they're pretty entitled about it. Wendy used to work in a 24-hour medical clinic, and if people couldn't see uh, somebody within, you know, 10 minutes or so, if they felt the bill was too expensive, the reaction, the responsiveness wasn't one of gratitude, it was one that I'm entitled and I should have the service for free for nothing. Not only does it apply there, but it applies in many areas. And what happens when we become entitled, when I say, you've got to give this to me, you've got to give that to me, rather than me holding the power of gratitude, I've given the power away to somebody else to determine how I feel. 
And if they don't respond to me the way that I expect or the way that I feel, I can get despondent about it, I become entitled, I become disorientated because somebody hasn't responded to me the way that I thought they should have. Where the scripture says, turn it all around, be counterintuitive, give thanks in all circumstances. Give thanks in all circumstances. It was in uh, the spring of 2013, actually I looked this up in, in my notes, the 24th of November 2013, we were in church here. And we were having a Thanksgiving service, as we do at the end of every year, giving thanks to God. And um, I've written some notes about it. Pastor Sheridan was reading out many scriptures. They were just coming continuously, one after another, as he spoke these scriptures on Thanksgiving. And then he read Psalm 100 and verse 4. Well-known script. Come into his, courts with into his gates with thanksgiving and to his courts with praise. And as I closed my eyes, I was just standing over here, I looked on the stage, and here were these two, like, large iron gates, beautiful wrought iron gates. Come into his gates with thanksgiving. And it was like God was giving this invitation, come into my presence as you thank me. Come into my presence through thanksgiving. Because as we enter into his presence, his presence enters into us. His presence changes us and transforms us. And what's the key? What's the password? Give thanks. Give thanks. I love that song, Brett, you've written. I am so grateful. All honor, all glory to God. Isn't that awesome? I am so grateful. I am so thankful that out of that place, all glory, or honor, or majesty to God. It's awesome. Do you know, there's people that have done a lot of research into the area of thanksgiving. And the first significant research came out in 1990, where a group of researchers had studied 700 nuns in America since the 1930s. And when they'd come into the nunnery then, they had to write the reason why they wanted to serve in a nunnery, in a, con in a convent. And many of them wrote their records. And over the years, they were required to keep um, a journal of how they were feeling about things. And in 1990, when many of these women were in their 70s, and some of them were even in, in uh, 100, they looked at their notes, and this is what they found. Those that expressed in their writing from the 1930s, in other words, when they were in their early 20s, emotions like gratitude, I'm thankful, I'm appreciative, this is so good for me. If their emphasis in their writing was on those positive emotions rather than I'm lost, I'm bewildered, I'm not sure. Not to say those things can't happen to anybody because they do, but if that was the weight of their writing, this is what the research found. Those that were more grateful, on average, lived seven years longer. Isn't that amazing? Equally, their blood pressure was lower. Their breathing was better. They had far less issues with Alzheimer's. Their mental outlook was a lot better. So this was revolutionary, and since the 1990s, there's been truckloads of research about gratitude and thankfulness. You just need to go to some TED Talks and... Um, and see them there. There's just numerous amounts of them. And I want to share a couple of um, um, accounts of that. There was one woman who was really struggling with her marriage. She had a young family, 
And um, a friend said to her, look, why don't you, rather than looking at the problems that you're in your life, why don't you begin to give thanks? Be grateful for what you do have in your life. And she thought about it and she said, yes, I'll take the challenge and I'm going to take photographs for 200 days of everything that I'm grateful for. So every day she took a photo of something that she was grateful for. And at the end of it, her friend came to her husband and asked had he noticed any change in his wife. Now, just to stress this, his wife was really struggling. She didn't like parenting. She didn't particularly like him. She wanted to walk out of her marriage. There was lots of issues. And as she tells her stories through her photographs, she says, for the first time after about day 100, I noticed little things. I noticed that when he was cooking a meal for us, serving a piece of pie, she said, I'd never seen this before, but he would give the plate with the biggest piece of pie to me rather than take it himself. And her life began to change. And this is what he says after the 200 days when she's gone through all this. He says these profound words, I now feel I'm enough for her. I now feel I'm enough for her. Because this is what gratitude does. Gratitude causes us to focus on the things we have rather than the things we don't have. And if we can give thanks for the things that we do have, and when you begin to list those, they're amazing things. I was sharing with somebody recently, my parents were really good, but my dad was firm and hard. He was a good provider for our family, but he had high expectations. And I was challenging myself, what are the things that I'm grateful for with my dad? And as I took a piece of paper and I began to write them out, I've got to be honest with you, I struggled initially to write some things. It was pretty hard work. But after about 15 or 20 minutes, oh my goodness, all these things came back to mind as I could remember, as I expressed my gratitude as I was writing it. It's a good thing. It changes perspective, giving thanks. In Genesis chapter 29, there's 35, 29-35, there's the story of Leah. She has four children. Each of her children, the first three, there's challenges with. But the fourth one is Judah. And this is what she says in, in Genesis 29-35. She, Leah, conceived again and gave birth to her son. This time I will give thanks to God. Therefore, she called his name Judah. This time, I will give thanks to God. When you look at the first three accounts of her children, that she's going through some very tough times. But this time, she says, I will give thanks and I will call him Judah, which means to praise, to give glory, to give honor to God. Who is Jesus, the lion of the tribe of? Judah. I don't think it's a coincidence that I will give thanks, I will give praise. His name carries a destiny of thanksgiving and praise that Jesus identifies himself with. I could share many other areas of research that um, has been done about gratitude, and it just goes on and on to reinforce the importance and the benefit of it. But here's something. God knows all about this before researchers find it. The church knows all about this before researchers know about it. And I want to ask you today, how's your gratitude going? How's it working for you? Benny Brown 
who's a very significant researcher, found this, that families that get together to express gratitude on a daily basis are much more happier, are much more content with their lives than those that don't. When my boys were teenagers and um, in their early teens, I remember feeling this. I was very busy in my work and just feeling a little bit of separation with, with them. And I thought, I've got to do something about this. They may not be feeling it, but I certainly was. And I thought, what am I going to do? And I said to Wendy, why don't we start up a family date night once a week? We can do anything. Anybody in the family, I've said this before, anybody in the family can choose whatever they want to do. But one thing we are going to do, we're going to keep a gratitude journal. And so one night somebody would say, we're going to go to the movies. Another night somebody would say, we're going to go into 10 and bowling, whatever it is. But every time we met, dare I say it, we had a green book rather than a blue book. But it was a green book. And we wrote down what we're grateful for. Now I've got to say, when you start that with teenage boys who are not familiar with it, the first thing they come up with is peas and carrots. Okay, I'll go with peas and carrots. I'm fine with that. And next week it was hay and straw. Okay, we'll go with hay and straw. But it's so something, and it's been a value that's grown in our family. And so I want to really encourage you, take this challenge of expressing gratitude to one another. Set aside a time, whether it's weekly, whether it's daily, to give thanks. And here's where I think it's really important, that we give thanks to God. Psalm 103, very well-known scripture. Beautiful portion of scripture. Psalm 103, verse 12. He has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. Aren't you thankful about that this morning? I am so thankful that if Jesus stood right here, maybe he is, we just can't see him. And he'd look at us and he'd go, he'd have absolutely no recollection of anything we've done wrong. When we place our trust in his faith and our faith in his precious blood to wash away our sins. As far as the east is from the west, our sins have been separated. God puts them out of memory. God puts them out of sight. But here's what's so easy for us. We still hold on to the shame. We still hold on to the guilt. And rather than being fully free as God wants us to be, we're held back because we're not letting go of every aspect of shame and guilt. I want to encourage you this morning, church. Let's be a church that says, thank you, Jesus. My sins are separated as far as from the east to the west. Jesus, you don't have a consciousness of them. Help me not to have a consciousness of them either. Help me to live as a free person. I thank you that I'm free and free indeed. I thank you that you paid the price for my freedom. And that's how you've called us to live. Isn't that awesome? It is absolutely wonderful to press into gratitude for Jesus. We have so much to be grateful for him. In Romans um, chapter 8 verse one, encourage you to turn there. Great scripture. Romans 8 1. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. 
There's no condemnation. I want to thank God for that. And my gratitude is the acknowledgement, thank you, Jesus. As far as the east is from the west, I've been separated, or my sins are separated from me. You have no memory of them. You've chosen, as I've placed my faith in you, to separate me from my sins. There is no condemnation. Every one of us, praise God, can walk out of here today with our head held high, thanking God, knowing Jesus has paid the price. I am so grateful for that. Aren't you this morning? That's what we have already. We don't have to be looking for something we don't have. We have this in Jesus. I am so grateful for it. I am so grateful for you. I think you're wonderful. Yeah, I am. I am so grateful for you. I was at a 21st party many years ago, and I heard a person, this young guy, he was 21, his name was Dion, and he said thanks to his mum. His dad left him when he was about three or four years of age, and I've never heard a person say thanks like this. And he said, mum, in front of this group of people, he just looked at her, and he said this, I just want to really, 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 thank you. And it just moved everybody. I just about cried. As he expressed his gratitude and his thanks to his mother for raising him. And he was so grateful. It wasn't about the gifts that people had brought. It was just an honor to be there to hear him say thanks. And it really marked me. And I want us to be a church that can be so grateful and say thanks to Jesus and thanks to one another and thanks to our husbands and our wives and our children and to our employers. And this doesn't mean it's easy, but in all circumstances, giving thanks for this is the will of God. This is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus, to give thanks. So that's what we're going to do right now. So most of us, you've got a device, a phone, and I would like you to go through your contacts list. There'll be somebody there, I'm sure. And just take a few moments right now and just say, hey, I want to say thanks. I appreciate your kindness. I appreciate what you mean. I appreciate your friendship. I appreciate the way you raise our children. Whatever it might be, just take a few moments. And can I encourage you, for some of you, to say, even right now, thanks to Pastor Sheridan. Just love him what you do. Thank you for your leadership. Isn't it good to be thankful? I hope you feel encouraged to give thanks this morning. And as we go out to north, we're going to celebrate and we're going to give thanks to God as one church in two places. I want to encourage you again, giving thanks to God for global legacy, the legacy that's been, is, and continues to be. And if you haven't given, it's not about the amount that you give, but it's about the partnership that we have with one another. And we're saying thanks to God. And there will be people that we meet in heaven that will come up to you and I and say thanks for your giving. I'm here today because you gave. Isn't that a great thing to do?